Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. Uh, some of you are here for the first time. Some of you are back uh, for the first time in a long time, as Ryan said. He hasn't been here in like 13 months. And so uh, either way, no matter where you are, whether you're here in the room, you're here for the first time, this is your 200th time, or you're joining us online. Uh, I can't see you, but you can see us. That's awesome. Either way, this is a safe place, and we're so glad to have you here to worship God together today. Um, so I want to take you back and think about what were you doing last January and February 2020? What were you doing? I don't know exactly what you were doing, but I'm guessing I know what a lot of us were doing. I know what Laura and I were doing. We were planning our year. We were putting things on the calendar. We had stuff filled in. We had people that we were going to go see. We had sports scheduled. Our kids were, you know, had the full slate of things. We had all this stuff going. We had, you know, things to do, places to go, all this stuff. The church calendar, not the whole thing, but a lot of it was set. Like we knew what was going on. And then March hit. <laughs> wow. Were our plans not right? How about any, anybody else in the room missed the plans for last year? <laughs> a little bit. They changed just a little bit. Well, the reason I bring that up, I know some of you are like, please don't talk about that. <laughs> that is a four-letter word. Like, that is not good. I don't want to hear March 2020. I don't want to hear about last year. But the truth is, the reason I bring that up is because today is a little bit different of a day for us. Today, we're going to dig in and we're going to talk about today something that we're calling a hope and a future. A hope and a future. This is where we're going to, today we're going to spend some time, the whole message, now you're going to hear scripture, you're going to get some other things, but we're going to hear more than anything today, what are we excited about as a church? What are we excited about? What are we hoping that God is going to do? What do we think maybe God is up to? What do we think God maybe is going to be doing in our church, through our church, in our community, with us, through us, for us? So we're going to talk about a hope in the future and why we have a hope in the future. And today what I want to do is I want to kind of focus on three questions. Three questions that I want to try to answer today. And these three questions are these. Where are we going to be? This, this is kind of like whole church-wise, physical location. Like, are we going to be in the Village Center forever? Some of you want to know that answer, don't you? Like, you, you maybe don't want to ask it, but you, you want to know, Right? The next question I want to answer is, what are we going to do? This year, what are we going to be about as a church? What do we have planned? What are we getting excited about as a church this year? What are some practical things? Maybe what are some ethereal things, some things that we're just excited about that Northridge is about? And then the last question I want to answer is, who are we going to be? What kind of a church are we? What are we excited about? What do we want to be? Not just as a church, but as families, as people. And so I want to answer these three questions today. And so let's jump in and start with the first question. The first question is, where are we going to be? Where's our physical... Now, to be honest, I get this question a lot. I get this question a lot from people. Uh, our staff gets this question a lot. When is Northridge going to get a building? 
right? And, and I'm not saying that because, like, I'm upset about it or weird. Like, we just get that question a lot. And you know why? Because people care. They're like, no, I, I really want to know, like, when are we going to end up with a space, like, that's ours, where we don't, we're not setting up and tearing down, and we're not meeting in a gymnasium. Although, to be honest, this is pretty awesome, right? This is pretty cool. This is amazing. A big change this last year, but this is cool. And by the way, just so that we know, no matter where we are, when people gather in Jesus' name, he's there. Right? So we could meet in a cave. Some Christians around the world do that, by the way, for fear of persecution. We could meet underground. We could meet at the top of a building. We could meet outside. We could, it doesn't matter where we meet. God will be there because we gather. But this is a question that we ask, is when is Northridge going to get a building? So I want to kind of speak to that just a little bit. I would love to just tell you, hey, here's the address. Go see it. It's awesome. I don't have that yet today. Some of you are like, uh. <laughs> right? I can almost hear the groans, right? Because they're like, oh, man, we were hoping like the address is set. The address isn't set. But we, I can tell you several things. One, we still have a next steps and facility team, all right? We have people that are specifically thinking, praying, having conversations, doing actual work, like driving around, looking at places, looking online, doing all that, having conversations with people that have buildings, that have land, that have all these kinds of things. We have a team that is kind of all in, encompassing, and looking at that. In fact, we have several of them here today. You can just raise your hand. Mark and Carrie, raise your hand. They're here. They're on the team. Uh, Alan, you're on the team. There you go. There's Alan. Uh, Ryan, I think he's going to be coming back for second service, so he's not here. Uh, there might be a couple of other whom I'm missing. And then uh, our newest staff member, Nick Ertz, Pastor Nick, he's right in the back. He's got his daughter there, Clara. She's awesome. She's waving already. Way to go, Clara. She's just awesome. I mean, she, I didn't even teach her that. That was just good. She just starts waving. Clara, you're awesome. Good job. Way to go. Yeah, hi, I see you. Yeah, she's waving. <laughs> she's good. We're, 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 having, we're having a moment. We're good. All right? Everybody else, just kind of hang out for a second. Clara, we're good. <laughs> All right? So uh, Pastor Nick is here, and I've asked Pastor Nick to take the leadership of the Next Steps and Facility team to kind of find that next space for Northridge. And the reason I did that is because uh, we didn't actually hire him for this. We, we talked about this for maybe 5% of our conversation before he came to Northridge. Uh, but this is awesome. His giftings and abilities, you know what he did before he became a pastor? He secured buildings for nonprofits. <laughs> How cool is that? God knows what he's doing. Amen? God knows what he's doing. And he put the right team together. We have amazing people on the team. Let me tell you, they're just awesome. And so I, here's what I can tell you. The team gets this sense, but even maybe more, I personally am getting this sense. That God is leading us very soon into a season here, and maybe it's this year, maybe it's a little bit after this year, but I believe that it's coming soon, where we are going to be able to answer the question, where are we going to be? on a more permanent basis. Like, where's Northridge's home? I truly believe that. And there's one reason, a big reason why I believe that. Uh, one of the biggest reasons is because I believe that God has been kind of showing me and teaching me, giving me this sense that he has, you guys know this, God has blessed Northridge amazingly. You guys know that, right? And I, I don't know if you know this, but the greatest blessing that our church is and has is you. I mean that. Because you are Northridge Church. 
people are the church. A building is never going to be the church. It never will be. As much as we want to try to make, as much as, uh, as much as American Christianity tries to make Christianity and faith and church about a building and a time, a service and a location, it will never be. The church is you. You are the church. And God has blessed us with amazing people. I don't say that lightly. I, I, I feel totally unworthy to even be a part of this church and be your pastor because you guys are awesome. I mean that. I love you guys. God has blessed us with growth. You know that our church started out with a handful of people, literally just a handful of adults. And then it moved into like children's ministry on Wednesday nights. And then people started saying, hey, are you actually gonna meet on Sundays sometime? Yeah, we would. Would you like to come? Yeah, okay, we'll do that. And we started monthly services. And then we started weekly services. And then we added a second service. God has given us growth. He's, he's blessed us financially. He's blessed us in so many ways. But here's why I say that. This is important. I believe God has been waiting for us to get some things right in our church. I believe we needed to hire our next staff person. I believe that. As much as that sounds weird, I believe that God could not trust us to take some bigger new steps, like a new building, a facility, whatever, until we got some things settled. You hear what I'm saying? God needed to trust that the little bit that he's given to us, he can trust us without so he can give us more. I believe that we're leaning into a season where God says, okay, let's go. That's the sense that I'm getting. Now, here's why I bring all that up. This is a really important piece. When you came in today, this is, a, this is where I'm going to ask you guys to join in. You came in, you have a handout. I want everybody to grab their handout. It was on your chair, so I know you have one, all right? Because I checked. <laughs> I walked around and I prayed in this room, and, and I know every, every chair had a, had a handout. Pull this out. So here's what I want to ask you to do. This is a really, really important piece. It's great that I get the sense that God is leading us into this. It's great that the team, the facility and Next Steps team, is feeling like God is leading us into this. But that doesn't mean a whole lot unless our whole church, everybody is behind us and helping us, seeking God on where he wants us to be. And so this is a commitment card. Don't you love commitment cards? Or some of you are like, oh no, what is he going to ask? It's actually to serve in the nursery for the next 17 years. <laughs> By the way, we do need some of that. <laughs> so if you, if you feel that calling, woo, that's awesome. But no, that's not what this is. What, what this is, is this is a commitment card very simply to do two things. One, that we're asking every person in our church. Now, if you're not going to commit to this, if you're not going to do this, then don't say you will. Okay, But we want you to. We're asking you to do this. Would you commit for the next 30 days, starting today, for the next 30 days, commit to pray for Northridge, to pray that God shows us the building, the space, the land, whatever it is that God wants us to be in or around our location for the future. We believe God has some great things planned for us when it comes to facilities. But we want you to join with us in seeking what that answer is. We believe in the power of prayer. Do you believe in the power of prayer? I hope you do. Because there's no greater power in this world. Because it connects us to God. Which is, nothing is greater.
And so I want to have you and ask you, join me in doing this. All you have to do is fill it out and check the box, I'm in. And what that, mean, that tells us is like you're going to be praying for the next 30 days for what Northridge, what God wants to do in Northridge, uh, not only in the next 30 days, but this year and in the years ahead, leading us to our permanent home, a place where we can call home and be and do ministry. Now, uh, a couple of things too. Uh, you see down there at the, in the lower level corner there, the lower left corner, if you have something on your heart and mind, maybe God has uh, given you a thought or an idea about land, about a building. Maybe you have 20 acres and you just don't know what to do with it. I have an idea. <laughs> right? No, but I, I'm kind of joking there, but eh, not, not so much joking. Like, but, but seriously, God works amazingly. Like, like there, I, can t- I, could stay, I should just stand up here and tell stories of how God has worked and God has moved in our church for the last eight, nine years. Unbelievable. Things that there's no way we could have planned them. And so I know that God is leading and guiding and directing so many of us. And so if you have thoughts, ideas, questions, uh, there's something that you want to do, let us know. Contact Pastor Nick. It's on there. Jump in there. We'd love to hear from you. Okay? So the first thing is, would you be willing to pray for 30 days? All you have to do is fill this out, tear it off, see it's perforated. It's really easy. You don't even have to, like, you know, lick your finger and do the, whatever. It's perforated. It's good to go. Tear it off. Take it to the welcome table. There's a little basket. You'll see this right there next to the basket. Drop it in. Simple. And then pray. Pastor Nick, by the way, will be back there by the welcome table, right? And so you can just hand it to him if you want. Bombard him with questions. He's ready. You're ready. (laughs) Now you are, even if you weren't, all right? So we want to commit to praying together as a church. We believe God is going to lead us there, but we want you to join with us in doing that. All right? All right, so let's get on to the second question. The second question, if you remember, is what are we going to do? This year, what are we going to do? What are we planning for? What are we excited about? What do we think God wants us to be like and and, and to do as a church? Well, before I answer that, let me just tell you some of the things that we've done. Because what I've realized is this last year, we did more in our community than any other year. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I'm good. I'm good. That's, that's good. Thank you. All right? No, we've done more in this. Now, here's why it doesn't feel that way. You know why it doesn't feel that way? Because we didn't get to see each other. <laughs> right? And so that, honestly, if I'm being honest, I didn't feel that way. Until I started looking at what we're going to do this year, but then I started looking back at what we've done this year. It's unbelievable. God has moved and worked in ways that we never would have thought going into last year at the beginning of the year. So let me just share a few of those. And I I just want to go through these quickly. We started out the pandemic. Remember, everything hit, everything shut down, right? I remember the Friday before the Sunday that we decided that we were going to cancel church because, you know, of everything going on. And then the next, I think it was the next day or, or that weekend, March Madness shut down. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I thought this was like a week or two. Yeah, I was off. <laughs> and, and, and all this stuff shut down, and all of a sudden, the businesses, just like that, lost income, gone. Especially the restaurants. So you know what we did? We adopted the restaurants. 
Remember that? We did adopt a restaurant. We, we adopted restaurants in our community and, and we gave them, you know, uh, all kinds of business and all kinds of stuff. And we adopted different restaurants each week. And by the way, probably the most significant thing that we did with almost everything that I'm going to mention, we always sent words of encouragement. We acknowledged the storm that they were going through and we said, hey, we are here for you. We're in your corner. Can we help? What can we do? We appreciate you. We did that with every restaurant that we adopted each week. We sent them specific words. Another thing that we did is we fed the frontline workers. So the doctors and nurses, right, man, they got hammered this year. They're still getting hammered this year. And so, so we decided, hey, let's, let's get them food, which we did. And we, we provided either purchased and or made personal protective equipment for them to kind of help them out. That was early on in the pandemic. And we got messages back from the nurses and all that stuff saying, thank you, thank you. That was, this is so huge. And again, words of encouragement came with that stuff. It wasn't just the stuff. It was like, we acknowledge, we love you, thankful for you. We did back to school boxes. We kind of hit the year. How, remember how the school year started? That was this nice, smooth, like easy, no. Remember how everybody was up in arms in this community? Woo! Yep, I was on social media too, everybody. I saw. I read them. Our students, our teachers have taken a beating this year. I've sat and talk to many, many people in the school system who are struggling. They're doing well. They're putting on a good face. They're strong, but they have gotten beat up this year by their community and by the constant pivoting and changes that they've been asked to make. And so we, uh, one thing that we did is we provided, we purchased a mask for every employee of Wanakee Community School District. But way more important than that is we gave them words of encouragement and said, hey, we acknowledge this is hard. We gave money to people in need. We did egged for Easter uh, just this last month, right? It, it, we couldn't do the whole Easter egg hunt and get everybody together and have kids grabbing 12 things together and all mixing the hands and all that stuff. And so we decided to give two bags to every family that wanted one. And we gave one bag to them, right, to keep and to bless them. But what do we always ask at Northridge? That you have another one so that you can take it to somebody else because we don't just generosity out to stop. We give generosity so the generosity, what? It continues to go. We continue to pay it forward. And then we did some gift cards just, just literally last week, some gift cards to every employee uh, of the Wanakee Community School District. Again, words of encouragement to them. And, uh, and we also have a group. Some of you know this. Some of you don't know this. Uh, we have some of these ladies in the room. This is awesome. But we have a group called Northridge Knitters. And they have been, throughout this pandemic, they've been doing this, and this is awesome. And this has been more needed this year than ever because people are going through storms, but they're isolated. But Northridge Knitters, they make prayer shawls. They're basically, you know, small blankets, and they're awesome, by the way. And they go to people. They pray over them as they make them, and they pray for the people when they send them. And the people get this, and it's a tangible reminder that prayers are with them. You guys know that Laura and I have been going through a pretty awful month. 
My dad's in the hospital right now. He's been in the hospital for days. Stage four pancreatic cancer. This last week has been hard. And it meant a lot when Laura and I received a prayer shawl from our Northridge knitters. It's weird, by the way, D, to be on this side of it. But I'm thankful. My parents received one. I was actually with my mom when she got it and she pulled it out. She said, what's this? And she read it and she read the note. She says, I love the colors. We have done more for people actually this year than we've ever done any other year. But we have way more to do. <laughs> Amen? Because if we stop where we're at now, we have not done anything because God is always working, always moving. Amen? God is always moving. God is always working. And so I want to share this. This is, uh, comes from the, the book of Acts, the first chapter, verse 8. And this is the moment when Jesus, he's already died on the cross, he's already risen from the grave, resurrected from the grave, and this is literally the last moment, these are the last words that Jesus says to his disciples and the other, the large group of people that are there, right before he ascends to heaven. These are his last words to them. He says this, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, evidence of Jesus' love. That's what witnesses are, Right? Evidence of Jesus' love. Telling people about me everywhere, Jesus says. And then catch this. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, why do I bring that up? Why do I, I mention this moment in this time, this scripture, this, this moment? Well, the reason is because Jesus, what is he saying? He's saying that we are called to be witnesses of his love and his power everywhere we go. Now, what we usually think that means is that we need to be a witness in our everyday life. Would that be true? Yes, it would be true. And in this context, what this means is we need to be witnesses in Jerusalem, is what it says. You know what our Jerusalem is? Wanakee. Now, some of you, you don't live in Wanakee. That's awesome, so your Jerusalem is slightly different, but you understand what I'm saying. Our church is in Wanakee, right? This is our Jerusalem. But Jesus is saying, you can't just be a witness in your own community. You have to be a witness in other communities. We need you to be a witness in the region. We need you to be a witness for God's love in Dane County, in southern Wisconsin, in the Midwest, in the United States, even to the ends of the earth, which, by the way, is a long ways away. Overseas, other countries, is what Jesus is saying. And so why do I bring this up? The reason I bring this up is because we are going to get really practical and really intense about chasing this directive, this command from Jesus. We've done really well, to be honest. We've done really well at hammering home and ministering and pouring out and being generous and investing in our Jerusalem, Wanakee. And a little bit Judea and Samaria, Dane County. Done some there too. But what we haven't done is we haven't started to look outside and say, God, what do you want to do beyond our borders? Outside of Dane County, outside of this state, outside of this country. And so a couple of things that you're going to be finding out very, very soon in the next few weeks, and some of this will happen sometime later this year, but we are going to be supporting our very first overseas missionary as a church. That is awesome. That is a good thing. 
You're going to meet her actually in a few weeks. She's going to be physically here. Physically here. So you're going to actually get to meet her. And I'm so excited about that. She's awesome. And she's going to carry the love of Jesus to another country. And Northridge is going to be a part of that. But you're also going to hear about a lot of things that we're starting to look into ministry initiatives in Dane County and beyond that are outside Wanakee. And by the way, this is something that people get uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable with when I talk about. But our church is not where it stops. right? You understand that we are part of the global church. And you understand that Northridge Church is not the catch-all, it's not the end stop, it's not the only thing that God is doing. We love what God is doing here, but we're not it. And so we are called as a church to multiply. Sometime in the near future, we're going to start talking about and praying, and we're already praying about this. The finance team knows this. The advisor team knows this. But we are looking, what does it look like to multiply as a church? What does it look like to plant new churches that don't exist yet, to reach new people in other communities and other places? Now, a lot of people get worried about that because they're like, we don't even have a building yet, Pastor. (laughs) I don't know if you forgot that. <laughs> I know, I'm realistic, but can I ask you something? Do you believe that God and Jesus can resurrect from the grave, can probably continue to bless us in a location while at the same time also being willing to multiply? I believe he can. Absolutely, it's not a question. And so you're going to see some new movement here. And by the way, a couple of things, just a couple of quick thoughts. If you look around, there are empty chairs. Sometimes in a church, it's good to have empty chairs. And you know why? It's because it reminds us of who's not here yet. Right? There was a time in your life when you weren't here yet. Your chair was empty. There was a time when God was not a part of your life because you hadn't chosen to accept that in your life. There's a time when your chair was empty. And so I want us to remember that no matter what we do this year, one thing that Northridge is always going to be about is we're always going to be about and remembering and thinking about and praying for the people who are not here, the chairs that are empty still. You you guys have people in your life that you know need Jesus, don't you? That's why we're here. And, And I want us as a church this year, every year, to be the kind of church that does so much good on behalf of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we do so much good and we help people so much and we run to people in pain. That sounds weird, but I'm serious. We, we are, as a church, we are going to run toward people in pain. Not just physical pain, but emotional pain, spiritual pain. Pain because of racism, pain because of the pandemic, pain because of health issues, pains because of Whatever. I want us to be a church that we run to people in pain so much that if our church would all of a sudden just disappear, that our community would grieve and mourn and wail because we were gone. That's the kind of church we want to be, church. And so all these things that we're going to do, I'm excited about, and you're going to hear more and more about them. And I'm about to go into what I think is the most important piece to answer the third question. But I hope 
that we are expectant of God to do great things in our church this year. So let me move on to the third question. Because I could spend a long time bouncing, 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 but we need to move on. You guys know I could roll for a while, right? But let's get to the last question. And the last question is, who are we going to be as a church? What kind of a church are we? What are we asking that our church is going to be like? So I want to answer that by just kind of giving a quick illustration. So if I were to uh, try to shoot an arrow, let me ask you a question. What are a couple of things, what are a few things that I would need to know in order to effectively fire or shoot an arrow? I've got a couple of hunters in here. I see you. I know you bow hunt, so you already know the answers to these questions. All right? But what would I need? Well, first of all, I actually need arrows and I need a bow, right? I mean, I could throw the arrow, <laughs> right? But that's going to be pretty pathetic, right? To try to hit anything with an arrow by throwing it. So I'm going to need the arrows. I'm going to need a quiver of arrows. And I'm going to need the bow, right? So I'm going to need the bow and the arrows. I'm going to need that. But then I'm going to need to know, in order to fire it effectively, in order to shoot it effectively, what else do I need to know? I need to know where to aim it, right? I need to know left, right. I need to know how high, how low. I need to know how far to pull it back. How much power do I need? Now, the compound bows, right? I know, you kind of pull it back and it snaps into place. I, I get that, right? I hear some of you archers, you're like, come on, pastor. You don't know what you're talking about, right? But I need to know how much power I need behind that arrow to go to where it needs to go. But the question I have is this. What dictates all of those answers that I just asked? What do I need? Arrows and bows. Where do I aim? How high, how low, how much power do I need? What dictates the answer to all those questions? The target, right? The target dictates the answer to all of that. If I don't know what target I'm shooting at, then I'm just shooting an arrow, right? If I'm just like, ooh, cool, what's this? Woo! That's not going to go well, right? Not only am I probably not going to hit a target. I'm certainly not going to hit the right target, and, and, it's, and it might even cause damage by hitting something that's not even the target. And so, the, why do I bring this up? The reason I bring this up is this. We need, as a church, to define our target. We have to define, what is the target for Northridge Church? What are we shooting for? What are we going for? What are we trying to become? Right? Because, I don't know if you've ever wondered this, why are you sitting here today? Why do we do this? Why do we do this every Sunday? Have you ever wondered that? Like, I don't mean like in a mean, like bad way, like, why am I here? <laughs> right? No, I mean, like, have you ever wondered, like, why do we do this? Why do we have church? Why is it even important? Let's define why we're here what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish, not only as a whole church, but for you as a family, for you as an individual. What's your target? What are you shooting for? I think that we need to get really clear this year on that. And so uh, I want to take you to uh, a couple of scripture verses. And, and in this moment, it's in Matthew chapter 22, if you want to look it up, Matthew 22. And Jesus is asked a very important question. 
Now, a lot of you have already heard this. Maybe you've heard this a hundred times. That's cool. I've heard it a lot in my life as well. But Jesus has asked this very important question. I want to read it for you, and then I want to talk about why this is so important. Matthew 22, starting with verse 36. Teacher, they're talking to Jesus. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, here's the deal. My guess is, for most of us, not all of us probably, I'm sure that there are some of us in here that have never heard this. That's okay. But my guess is a lot of us have heard this before. If you've been to Northridge for any length of time, I've preached on this at least two, maybe three times. A whole sermon on this. I've also probably, if you've been to Northridge for any length of time, I mentioned, I've probably mentioned this like a hundred times, at least mentioned it. Because it's critically important. But the question I have for you is this. God says, love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Literally, it means every aspect of your life. Love God, serve God in every area of your life. Not just a little bit, not just most days, don't just show up on a Sunday, but everything should be mine. Love God with everything that's in you. And then Jesus says, love your neighbor, love other people. Your neighbor is everybody, the whole world. Love other people as much as you love yourself. As much as you think about yourself, as much as you think about how hungry you are and how much you want to succeed and how you want to do this, as much as you think about yourself and love yourself, love other people that much. Now, the question I have for you is this. We've heard this many times, but the question is this. If that is the target, what does it mean? What does that mean? If I were to... You know, I, I say this a lot. If I were to get one of those portable microphones and I came out and I started interviewing the room and I said, hey, what does it mean to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength? What, is it, what does it look like to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself? How would you do that? Some of you would have answers, but mostly we'd be all over the map, wouldn't we? What in the world is Jesus saying here? What does he mean? Well, I think it's important that we define that don't you? And so here's what we're going to do. And I'm really excited about this. To be honest, guys, uh, when I say this, I think this is maybe the least exciting thing that I'm going to say all morning, but it's the most important. Aren't you excited about that? When the pastor says, this is going to be pretty boring. But I truly believe that this is, even though it may not be the most exciting, like, yay, thing that we're going to do, I believe it's the most important because this, what I'm about to say that we're going to do this fall, is the most important thing because it affects everything else that we do. So what we're going to do this fall is we're going to spend many, many weeks defining our target as a church. We're going to answer the question, what, why does Northridge exist? What are we about more than anything else? Is it about doing social justice? Is it, is it like meeting on Sundays and making sure we pack the room? 
Is it, you know, that we pray together? Is it we, that we have awesome loud music? Like, what is Northridge all about more than anything else? What is our target? And this is why it's important, because we want you to answer the question, what is the most important thing? What is the target for me as a family, for me as a person? What are we asking of you? If you're part of Northridge, what, what do we want you to become? I think that that's important to define the target. What are we shooting for? And so this fall, so we're talking like four months away. Some of you are like, ah, let's do it next month. We're not ready. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm, but we're not ready. But this fall, we are going to define the target. What is God asking specifically of us as a church? What is God asking specifically of you? as a part of Northridge Church. And so we're going to define the target. We're going to ask the question, what, what is God calling us to? Now, this is a word that we use in Christian ease language that um, I wouldn't say I don't like it. I, the word is great, but it's a word that we use and we don't really know what it means. We call it discipleship. Discipleship. What I'm saying we're going to do this fall is we are going to define what discipleship is. Let me just kind of explain what discipleship is. Discipleship is becoming and making disciples of Jesus. Very simply put. Now, it's a little more complicated than that, but if I were to try to just dole it down as simple as possible, it's becoming a faithful follower of Jesus, a disciple of Christ, and leading other people to become disciples of Christ. Disciples making disciples. That's what we want our church to become. Now, that might not sound that exciting. Like I said, you're like, ooh, discipleship. Put it on a shirt. This is going to be awesome, right? No, it's probably not the most exciting thing. I get that. But when I talk about discipleship, what I'm talking about is answering the question, what does God want our church to become and what does God want you to become and what does that look like what how do you do that do you know how to become a deeper follower a deeper disciple of jesus do you know exactly how to do that like right now you're going to go home and you're going to start doing that right now do you know how to do that a lot of us don't and by the way can i be honest <laughs> some of you're going to shake your head and you're going to know this is true a lot of churches do a terrible job of defining what it looks like to grow in our faith and get deeper in our discipleship most churches are not good at it. But we want to get good at this. And this is another reason why it's important, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Discipleship doesn't sound that exciting. But what if I were to say, and this is going to sound like a crazy claim, but what if I were to tell you that every problem in the world can be solved with discipleship? every problem. If you want to bring up racism, discipleship is the answer. Because it's becoming more like Jesus. If you want to bring up a pandemic or loneliness or depression, mental health, discipleship is the answer. Believe it or not, it is. 
Learning to become more like Jesus is the answer to that. Now, trust me, I, I hear you. I've been in the groups, like in the community, when we like for example, the drug problem, addiction, by the way. If it's addictions to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, to, uh, to a relationship, to a person. Did you know people can become addicted, unhealthy to a person? I'm not talking about love. I'm talking about addiction. One of the hardest things I have to help people with is an addiction to a person that's unhealthy for them. The solution for addiction is discipleship. So if I'm sitting in a group like in the community, and I have, by the way, uh, where we're talking about the drug problem in Wanakee. By the way, did you know that there's a drug problem in Wanakee? There is. And we've sat around, and this is like school officials and police officers and things. You know, I've been in those meetings, and, and, and I could sit there and say, oh, man, all these ideas are great. But did you guys know, seriously, Jesus is the answer. Well, would that be true? Yeah, it's true. But if I just throw out Jesus is the answer with no idea of what in the world that even means, it's not going to go anywhere. They're going to just look at me and say, uh, that guy's crazy. <laughs> Let's not invite him back. Right? But what I need to do is say, yes, the answer is Jesus, but here is what that looks like. Here's what we can do. We can give people hope that will take away the need for drugs. <laughs> right? Discipleship is the answer to literally every problem in life. And so I believe, here's what I truly believe, guys. I believe that as we define who we are as a church and what Jesus wants us to become, here's what I believe is going to happen. This is why it's so important. I believe we're going to start to see barriers in people's lives torn down. I believe we're going to see people freed from addiction. I really do. I think we're going to see miracles happen. I really do. I believe this. I, I believe we're going to see miracles happen that never could have happened until we got serious about saying, okay, Jesus, we're not just a church that's going to do a few good things. We're going to do the right things, and we're going to do the things that you're calling us to, and we're going to do the things that you want to free us from, and this is going to open the doors so our family is going to be closer, and our addictions are going to go away, and our barriers are going to break down, and people are going to find new hope and new meaning in their life, a hope and a future for their life and for their family and for themselves and for our church. I believe that. But I believe God is asking us this year to get clear, to get right on who we are and who he is. And I believe it's going to tear down barriers that have been, I, th I think there are barriers in our church. I'm just going to say that. I think there are barriers here that have not been torn down because we have not leaned in as much as we can to who God is. I'm not saying we've done a bad job. I'm not saying we haven't been faithful. I'm just saying I think there's another level that God is asking us to go as a church, and we're going to go there. And I hope you'll join us on that journey. So you've heard the phrase, nothing is impossible with God. What is the key to that phrase? Nothing is impossible with God. That's the key, with God. And so the question I want to leave you with here this morning is, I believe God's got great things for us, but it's important that we understand 
that it needs to be with God. Otherwise, you know what we're doing? Our church is going to do a lot of good things, but we're not doing the right things. If we're just doing it for God. We need to do it with God. If I'm running down the trail going, God, we're doing all these things. Hey, we gave money to there and we, we did this and we, whatever. We, we, got, we got to weekly services, God. Woo! And God is saying, great, I'm over here. <laughs> and I needed you to be with me. He says, thanks for doing that for me, but I need you with me because all my power is here. Like, let's go. And so this morning, the question is, how can we as a church make sure we're with God and not just doing good things for God? How can you as a family, how can you as an individual make sure that this year you're with God rather than just doing good things for God? That's what we're going to get real about this year as a church. And I know maybe you're excited, maybe you're not, but either way, I hope you jump in with this because I believe God is going to do some awesome stuff. If you were here a couple weeks ago at Easter, God broke open in an amazing way. And I think that that was just a glimpse of what God wants to do. So will you join us? Will you commit to pray for the next 30 days for a location? Will you commit to jump in with both feet and be with our church, but be with God? And we're going to see awesome things happen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your love and your power and your grace. I've needed your strength in my life more this week than ever before. But what I know that I've needed this week, I've always needed. And every person sitting here this morning has always needed. And so Lord, today, I pray that you would do, begin to do a new work in people's lives. Would you change us, move us, reveal to us the target, what we're going for, what we need to be doing, what we need to be about. Join with us, help people to commit to pray for who you are and and your will in their lives, not just for Northridge Church as a whole, but for their family, for their leadership, for their career, for their daily life. May you show us the hope and the future of what you're calling us to. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for living for us. Show us what only you can do. We look forward to what that is. We pray this in your name, Jesus.